Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9920. 23 and enter the pin 287-723-4600 followed by the pound key twice and now your hosts chris devon barry lester sean platts robert herrick and bill sparks and don't forget rick swan our host to be named later he's with us as he is every week and uh, we are happy to have Rick with us. And uh, good afternoon. It is Tuesday, February 21st. This is show number 234. And it's a busy one as per usual. So, Chris, the agenda is what? Okay. We got, uh, first of all, we're going to start with the Daytona 500. Got a couple of minutes. I went into the Globe and got, got some reporting on that. And if uh, Pierre wants to comment on it, he certainly can. It was an interesting race. And uh, the longest ever, and I'll explain that. Then we have baseball, and at the end of the baseball, we're going to do Tim McCarver, of course. We lost him this week and going to have a, a feature on him. we got about a four-minute audio that Bill is going to play, and then we will uh, discuss his career you know, on, on the field and off the field in the broadcast booth. Then we do the NFL, and at the end of that, stay tuned because the annual event is, is occurring, Rick's Rankings. And that is where you get three points for winning the Super Bowl and one for being in the Super Bowl. So it goes all the way back to 1967, and it's how the teams rank. So it's a history thing, you know. Then we have college uh, basketball, basically, got a couple of college notes, and, and then we've got the top 25, and we can talk about that for a little while. The NHL will go and do the standings, and uh, if we have time, a couple of trades, and then the NBA. We have a few items on that. So for the uh, Daytona, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won in uh, double overtime. Now, the way it, it, it was 212 laps. Uh, with the cautions and 530 miles. So the way this works is, used to just end on caution, and you know if it, you happen to hit caution and you got the got the white flag, so be it. Nobody could pass you, and you won. Not anymore. They have two. They call it green white checker. So what happens is you have a green uh, flag once you're coming out of a caution. It means there's a caution last couple laps of the race is why you get to this. So you have a caution. Now this is why we had double overtime because we got the green from that and then we had another caution because it was another big wreck so they had to stop and uh you know the people kept going around of course this is why we ended up with more laps because people stayed on the track while they cleaned it up but what happens is so you had to, then you did green white and and uh, checker again and that's why it's double overtime so that's that's how that worked the third win for of his career for ricky stenhouse jr in the jtg uh, uh doherty team 
and uh, racing team, uh, and they partially owned by Brad Doherty, who used to play in the NBA with Cleveland and stuff, the former North Carolina player. Um, single car, you know, they just had the one car in the race. The first single car win since 2011 when uh, Trevor Bain won with the Wood Brothers. And that's always a, a that's a hard thing to do because you're not getting drafting help from other people. Sometimes you have friends on the track who help you, but not your team. He's 35 from Olive Branch, Mississippi, and uh, Mike uh, Kelly is his crew chief, and they had won the uh, two Xfinity championships before, so they're reunited. And then uh, Joey Logano was second, and uh, in a Ford, and Christopher Bell th- third in a tro- Toyota. And Kyle Busch is 0 for 17 in Daytona and would have won in the old system. He was leading when the, when the first caution flag hit. So he would, want to, uh, would have won it the same way that Dale Earnhardt did when he won his. But he didn't. The rules have changed. And Ricky Stenhouse Jr. is your Daytona winner. So there you go. Okay. Anything, anything here? If not, we'll move on to baseball. Nope, we'll move on. All right, baseball. MLB.com uh, sent out an email about renewing soon uh, when the games are start. And it's, instead of being nineteen ninety five per year, it's going to be twenty nine ninety five. But I guess you can do major and minor league games. Now, we don't know whether that's going to be on, on uh, Miss A or not, whether that just will be on something you can get on, a, on, a, on an app uh, for your phone. Or your computer. But, uh, or your computer. And um, I so don't the, the, suspect it will be on the A devices because they allow the minor league stations to stream. Yeah. So if you know yeah, what the if you know what your station is, you can just say, "Hey, play the." In, right. in my case, you can just tell play the Iowa Cubs on Praise well, Nine or play Praise Nine Forty, and that'll give you the I Cubs. Yeah. And on your A devices, you can also get. <laughs> oh. Yep. You can get all the baseball games on the A devices too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, yeah, you can get all your you can get all your uh, baseball games on TuneIn Live for three two ninety nine. Yes, you can. So or, yeah, so yeah, that's okay. the other reason it wouldn't. Yeah. So there you go. But anyway, people might want it. Sometimes there's a little more pre and post game availabilities and different things on MLB. So yeah. you never know. And if you okay. have and if you have that MLB uh, package, you can archive your games. Like if you miss a, a Red Sox game, Chris, if you had a computer, or, you know, or a or a device, you could go back and and, and listen Those to that. Um, uh-huh. And you can also do that for those who have tune in. Probably not on your A device, but if you have it on your iPhone or something like that, you can do it also there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the things I found out is the the uh, they just sent out the email and they didn't say in the email, but I called somebody yesterday because I may need my card up the card updated. The expiration date changed and the number on the back. So I don't know. Sometimes that rolls right through as long as it's the same number. They don't care. Sometimes they want it. I had a thing with Amazon where I had to update it. So you never know. So I was calling them yesterday. My friend Steve found on the on the website where you could call, and I did. And they are going to supposedly having somebody call me back. But she told me that these would not update till March 25th, and that actually makes sense because you remember last year the strike wasn't settled or the lockout wasn't settled till March 10th. The players didn't come till like March 17th, and the first games were right around that time where they had to wait another week. So that's why it's like they give it a year so. You'll get so just because you go in and you're getting games starting this weekend when they start doesn't mean your card has gone through and it's updated. Uh, so it will update according to her around March 25th. So uh, that makes sense. So we'll see what and happens. And it may it, it may Chris the name what it appears on your statement may be slightly different too. It has been game day audio. It's now going to be at bat. So if you right. see something that says at bat. 
just know that that's what it is. It's your game day audio subscription. Yeah, and the, cho- cause the choices I had when I was going to talk to somebody and know how you have to push one for this and two for that was at bat. That's right. Yep. Well, so, remember also with the app, um, it used to be called the MLB app. Now, uh, now I think they also call it the at bat app. If I'm not correct. mistaken, right, Perry? Yeah, correct. So, okay. And if you want to listen on your, if you have like an iPhone or something like that. Um, if you for the minor league games, all you have to do is download the MILB first pitch app, and then you you will have to create a username and a password, you know, to get in. And once you do that, then you'll be able to go and and uh, check out the minor league games as well. So if you're a you know Robert is an A's fan, if he wants to hear the A's minor leagues, uh, it doesn't co- it wouldn't cost him anymore. He just has to create that username and password, and he's good to go. And remember, the A's have their own thing. Uh, you can go to athletics.com and, and uh, do their A's cast. They, pu- they put all their minor league games there. They put all their major league games there. And they have 24-hour-a-day programming, too. But, for the, ma- but for, those, for, the major, for the games, Robert, for the major league ones anyway, you're, you still have to buy that. The, the, you, exactly. can't, you can't listen exactly. to those for free. It is, so people no, know. You can't, no, you cannot. Okay. Uh, what a surprise. Jason, Jacob deGrom su- suffered some tightness in his throwing arm uh, in, uh, in his left side, I'm sorry, in, in spring training. So whether this is the start of a long-term thing or he's back or I haven't heard any more about it, but we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, those are forgotten. They said, yes, the they said yesterday he was feeling much better, so we'll see. Okay, we'll see what, how it goes uh, as we go forward because uh, uh, there was a lot of tightness with him uh, last year. Um, and Brandon Godden will do the Atlanta television. Remember, we said that Skip Carey was leaving uh, Atlanta to go uh, to, Chip the, Carey. to the Cardinal. Chip Carey, Chip Carey. was leaving. Yeah, Skip has left Atlanta long ago. <laughs> yeah, he's been there a while. Chip is <laughs> yes, Chip is uh, leaving and, and gone to St. Louis. Will do their TV. So now, uh, Brandon Godden, uh, who's done. Uh, Fox uh, NFL games. He's won Big Ten and football and basketball. He's and done baseball. games for Westwood One and baseball. Okay, Westwood One, and uh, you know, and so uh, we, you know, he's somebody with a lot of experience. So I'm sure he'll do a good job with the Braves. Uh, Manny Machado will opt out for after uh, this year, the 2023 season with San Diego. Now, it doesn't mean he won't come back to San Diego. What he wants to do is be a free agent again. The money's gone up. You know, it's five. It's halfway through his contract. It's like five years because he got there in 19 after his, he was with the Dodgers in 18. So uh, he's, uh, you know, just testing the waters. But he could come back to San Diego. It doesn't mean he's disgruntled or anything. From well, and if, he we gets, and if he gets hurt during the season or something like that, he can and he obviously yeah. wouldn't opt out. So, uh, like David, David if you want to yeah. We'll get to you in just a second. Okay. Fred McGriff uh, is going to have a blank cap for his uh, plaque for uh, for the Hall of Fame. And Scott Rowland's going to go in with St. Louis because he won the World Series there. And McGriff played, uh, you know, won the World Series with Atlanta, but he also played with Toronto, San Diego, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and, uh, and then Chicago uh, Cubs. And the Dodgers in 03, uh, you know, Tampa Bay in uh, 04, and then he played from 86 to 04. I think of him as a Toronto guy because they were in our division, and I think of him there, and somewhat Tampa Bay. I'd forgotten he was with the Braves, but whatever. See, I think Roland is a Philly for the, you know. That's right. 
That's right. But I guess they get their choice, as I they understand do. it. So, okay. So, if David, uh, that's a good uh, Before we get we to David, let's just mention stuff. real quick, Jason Kipnis retired yesterday. He played most of his career with the Indians. He played one year with the Cubs. But Jason Kipnis retired yesterday. Now, David, if you want to come in and, and talk, we're ready to hear from you. Can you guys hear me okay? Yes, yes we, we can. can. Yep, we got you. Yep. I have a news story that came out today, and okay. uh, it'll just take a minute. I'll read this. Okay. Just take a minute. And uh, you can opine to see if uh, this guy has a case. Former New York Mets pitching coach Phil Regan has filed a lawsuit against the team, alleging that his termination was due to age discrimination. Regan, 85, was fired by the Mets in 2019 after taking over on inter- as interim pitching coach following the team's previous termination of Dave Island midway through the season. The veteran former coach said the team saw Im- immediate results upon his hiring, which included starters Jacob DeGrom, Zach Wheeler, and Noah Syndergaard, all improving and the team's combined ERA dropping significantly during his brief tenure. Regan argues that he wasn't retained solely because he was 82 at the time of the, of the team's decision, claiming that then-general manager Brody Van Wagenen admitted that it was he was because he was too old. The Mets instead hired a former pitch, pitcher, Jeremy Hefner, 33, as his replacement the following offseason. Bill is the first to crack jokes about his age. However, there is nothing funny about a person being told that they are being passed over because their employer wants someone younger said employment attorney Matthew Blitt in a statement. That's discrimination, plain and simple. Suing for discrimination in professional sports is, is, is extremely rare, and, uh, Blitt added. In fact, Phil debated doing this for many years, but the hurt from the conversation that he had with Mr. Van Wagenen continues to haunt him to this day. He can hear the exact words playing in his head over and over. Phil knew this had to be done. So there you go. If yeah, he can document yeah. it, then fine, yep. you know, but yeah. I don't know how you do that because if you're having yeah. a private yeah. conversation in somebody's office, unless there's recording equipment, um, you know, he, he, yeah, he I think you're right, Chris. If he can prove that Van Wagen and told him that you're yeah. being let go because of your age, he he could have a case there. That's right. It'll be proof, yeah. Okay. All right. Greg Schulte's last year for Arizona in their radio booth. He's been there since uh, the team started in 98. He's uh, got neuropathy in his feet, and so he didn't he didn't go on the road. I wasn't listening to Arizona games, so I didn't know that he wasn't there. But uh, <laughs> he apparently did not go on the road with the team. And Chris Garagiola is going to be uh, one of his replacements. He's the second, he's yeah. the grandson of Joe, and of course Joe Jr., his father, uh, was the general manager of the uh, Diamondbacks at one point. And uh, so I guess he's going to do pre and post game shows, and maybe some play by play, probably and- road games. Maybe yeah. some road games okay. and stuff, and whether I don't know who the other announcer was that was with um, uh, Greg Schulte that would be on was on the road last year since they're bringing in. It was Chris, uh, it so was Chris Gergiola. Uh, oh, it was okay. It, uh, isn't his name Craig Schulte? Greg. No, it's Greg. It's Greg. Greg. Okay. I listened Greg, to me. I asked Miss A because right. I wasn't sure what was being said, and I had always thought so too. But I asked Miss A, and it is Greg. Okay. Now, personally, right. personally. Um, I am not a big fan of Mike Farron as a talk show host on XM. I think the Diamondbacks should have held on to him. He was he would be a a better play by play guy than Chris Garziola, who to me is just kind of boring. Okay, well, that's too bad because his grandfather was great. He was, um, but anyway, and, and maybe he'll get and maybe he'll get better. You know, as he's you know gets job, into yeah. the full time, we'll see. But mm-hmm. I and you know I would have probably mm-hmm. held on to Mike Farron because that is. Play-by-play, play, I think you would agree, Robert, that is one thing Mike Farron does very well. 
Yes, and uh, since we're talking about announcers, I should bring up that Johnny Dosko will be uh, uh, one of the fill-in announcers for Ken Korak this year on A's games. Ken oh, is gonna I find him his, everywhere, don't I, Robert? Uh, uh, Ken is going <laughs> to cut back his schedule even more right? Um, because of health. Johnny Dosko has been the play-by-play announcer for the Sacramento River Cats for a number of years. So, And I imagine um, when he's not doing A's, he'll still do that? Yeah, he'll 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 still do that. Um, although the River Cats are now affiliated with the Giants, so the, uh, he may be sharing duties with uh, Doug Greenwald. Uh, so I'm not really sure how that works. Now, so, okay, ben as, we, as, we, as we said though, that I can find him because Johnny Doskow started in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, working for the there Class A team there. All roads lead to Iowa, and, and you know Wagner. he was a very good. Um, a baseball announcer, and he can also, I don't know that he does it anymore, but he also did, uh, when he was in, in Iowa, he did some high school uh, football and basketball, too. Mm-hmm. Okay, Ben Wagner is not going to be able to do uh, road games again this year for Toronto. I hope people in Toronto are getting low cable bills because they're certainly not spending the money on their broadcast. He was. Um, I wonder why that is, though, Chris. He was doing them towards the end of the year last year. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this is ridiculous. That, uh, things are, in Canada are, are rather strange. There are still several hockey announcers that are not allowed to travel either, Chris. How about, uh, and I, we haven't heard yet about the Orioles, I assume, because they were also not traveling last year. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I don't understand what's going on. The pandemic has been over for a while. Yeah, Yeah, and everybody's traveling. Pat Tabler will not be back for the Blue Jays uh, TV, they say. And then uh, that gets into the article that we had the other day. Robert, you've given part of it, but Dwayne Kuyper will travel more. Yes, if I could try to say travel and Kuyper at the same time, that's what you get. He'll do uh, 22 road games this year. Mike Kroko cannot travel because of his leg condition. He's not able to fly, so he'll do his work from the studio anyway. And then... uh, so when uh, when uh, Kiker not uh, Kiper not traveling, Dave Fleming will do TV road games, and uh, Ken Korak will now cut back on about forty five games, and that's where Johnny Dosko will come in that you were t- talking about that's with Vince Catronio, yeah. and then uh, Fleming will work with Sean Estes, Javier Lopez, uh, and uh, Hunter Pence every once in a while on the road yep. games on TV. Is, are the, is he going to do all the TV? Because usually when Kuiper doesn't travel. What they will do is he'll do like six innings of the TV, and then John Miller goes for three, and then he'll go over to radio for that time. Yeah, that's right. The article didn't say that one way or the well, other. Uh, so. it, uh, from uh, so the way I read it now, of course, this could be this could be all wrong. But the way I read that, it sounds like they've they've asked Dave to do more of the TV, so John will be more on the radio. That's just my guess, but we'll find out when the season actually starts. I think. I wonder if John's going to get somebody in to work with him, or is he going to do a Vin Scully? Well, they would probably ha- they would probably have to. I don't think you want to have somebody yeah. having to do all John of the game Sterling games. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they'll uh, uh, no. Uh, the Giants have a rotating group, uh, just like the A's do, um, of of people coming in and out of the booth. So well, one of some of those guys that I mentioned, like Sean Estes, and them maybe go in at least to talk, be uh, somebody with uh, John Moore, right? You know, right. kind of and thing. And uh, and uh, they've they had another announcer last year by the name of Joe Rizzo that works in the Giants minor leagues that has mm-hmm. come in and filled in from time to time. Yep. So who knows? So 
for spring training, uh, we were talking a little bit in baseball today, and just going to give people some teams that we think uh, broadcast a lot of games. Because, you know, you, Tuesday afternoon, hey, is there a baseball game on? And, you know, you listen to XM, and they might, on that schedule, they may not tell you all the games that are available, or, they're, you know, they're not, or XM chooses not to broadcast them. Atlanta, they're usually pretty much, the Braves pretty much are on every day if they're playing. So you can ask Miss A if the Braves are playing. The Red Sox on WEI, uh, yeah, and that's on WCNN, the Red Sox and WEIAM are pretty much on all the time. They're on the FM side during the weekends, but on the AM side during the week, and that's pretty much every day. KBME with Houston pretty much does them all the time. Cincinnati Reds on WLW would, would be doing theirs. In or, the or, w, or WSAI, either one. Or SAI, yeah. SAI or CKY. CKY. Probably. No, 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 it's that's SAY. ESPN? It's SAI. That's what they're listed on MLB. Uh, oh, okay. All right. And then, uh, so the Reds uh, could be on, and then Kansas City's off and on. I've, I've known that they're other on. years, so that's... Uh, and, so and, the twin, some... and the Twins do their fair share of games. Yeah, they do. So, anyway, so I think... We are now the last thing for baseball. Does anybody else have any other baseball before we start talking about Tim McCarver? Nope. So, Bill, why don't we play the audio of Tim McCarver, and then we'll talk about him. You got it. If you're going to talk about the best baseball analysts in the history of television, I mean, Tim McCarver's name has to come up immediately. You do not want to toy with Bernie Williams in there with an 87-mile-an-hour fastball. He wants no part of Randy Johnson. None. <laughs> ball's not even close. It's just a matter of whether uh, too many horses are out of the barn or not. Go. Tim McCarver has now broadcast more World Series games on television than anybody in history. This is ridiculous. I think he's one of the greats, and he's going to go down in history as one of the greats. The best that's probably ever done the game of baseball, you know, in the analyst position. Uh, so far, we've seen a lot. Tim McCarver has been called many things as a broadcaster. Enthusiastic, witty, opinionated. I was lucky enough to call him partner for almost 20 years. A playing career that spanned four decades included all-star appearances world series championships and catching two of the greatest pitchers of all time prepared mccarver well for a career in the booth whatever he went on to do uh, post playing career it, it was going to be special even though you thought you knew everything about baseball somehow he would find something in that broadcast where you would go wow never thought of that one he started his broadcasting career with the Phillies. Then he rose to prominence working alongside Ralph Kiner with the New York Mets during their incredible run in the 80s and has the distinction of being the only analyst to work for all four networks. In 1996, he took the new kid on the block under his wing. The Major League Baseball came to Fox. Tim perhaps knew the game of baseball better than any other broadcaster. He was able to anticipate a pitch. He was able to anticipate the 
defense. And you could sense from Tim during the broadcast his enthusiasm for the game. Do you find yourself asking, can't this go on forever to nobody in particular? Any analyst can tell you what just happened. But what made McCarver so special was his uncanny ability to tell you what was about to happen. Tim was the best first guesser in all of baseball. Maybe all of sports, for that matter. If Tim said it before, you knew it was going to happen. Tim's ability to see all of the chess pieces on the field. You know what Joe Madden may do? He may walk Greg Dobbs and then use a five-man infield. It was always just kind of mind-blowing to me how far ahead he saw the game. Well, the classic McCarver call was Yankees-Arizona Game 7 World Series. The one problem is Rivera throws inside the left-handers, and left-handers get a lot of broken bad hits in the shallow outfield. That's the danger in bringing the infield in with a guy like Rivera on the mound. That's what happened. Diamondbacks win. McCarver wins an Emmy. In 2012, McCarver was recognized by the Baseball Hall of Fame when he was named the recipient of the Ford C. Frick Award. The primary reason that I'm standing here is my love for a game. Baseball. Tim's lasting impression will be his really lovable wit, his down-to-home personality, and his infectious love of the game. Perhaps no one loves the game of baseball more than Tim. And most likely no one ever will be as passionate, insightful, and eloquent as the man I am lucky enough to call friend. And, you know, one thing about Tim McCarver, you can never tell. I mean, some guys you can tell who they like, you know, in a game or whatever. You can never tell that he was cheering for anybody in a game. Never I always tell. enjoyed Tim McCarver. I, I, I thought too. he was the best. And, you know, I, I used to get in arguments with people, people like Joe Morgan. I said, he, he, he said oh, he was stuff, stuff that was obvious to me. You know, yeah. and, you know, oh, three and two. This is a big pitch, John. Yeah, okay, Joe, thank you. See, I remember, um, I remember you know, Tim like McCarver that. when they mentioned the, the days of the Mets. Our cable back in the 80s, yeah. we, yeah, could we, get w, we got WOR, so you could watch yeah, the Ralph yeah. Kiner yep. and Tim McCarver. Yep. Yeah, and so we, uh, and his time with his time with NBC, where he did work for them, but it was basically when they would have that third announce, the third game, you know, or sometimes they do four. Or usually, him all night in America Jerry. kind of things. Yeah. Well, no, no, it was the eight. It was like in the eighties during the Joe and Tony and Vin and Bob and all that. They would have a third or fourth game occasionally, and he was okay. like a part timer with ABC, and then he went on to the ABC. Okay. And, of course, and, of course, he was with Al Michaels, remember, the night of the, uh, the earthquake. World Series earthquake. Yeah, yes. That's yeah, right. And, he, and he'd never been in one before. And uh-uh. Al, Al, Al had to calm him down, like, oh, this is nothing, Tim. No big deal, you know. Because, <laughs> well, and you could tell that because later on, yeah. um, when Al and Tim were on with Ted Koppel, of course, in the, you know, from the news division, you could tell he had never been in one of those things. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, no, what? Uh, Tim, in my opinion, is probably the best network analyst that there has ever been. I mean, Joe Morgan was good, but Tim McCarver did it better. So anyway, let's go go through some of this. Tim McCarver from Memphis. He was 81 years old. He started in the majors in 59 with the Cardinals. And uh, and, uh, so he played in 59 through 61, but there were cups of coffee with the Cardinals. 62, he didn't even get there. But in 63 to 69, he was with the Cardinals. 
Philly 70 to 72, Montreal end of 72, St. Louis 73 to 74. Then the end of the 74 season, and actually up Rick to, through June 23rd of 75 is with the Red Sox. Didn't play uh, too many games. That was uh, coming back from the Carlton Fisk injury. They let him go because he'd been out for a year, and then they let him uh, Kim uh, go. And then he went back to the Phillies 79 through uh, 75 through 80. Uh, he only played a total of 23 games for the Red Sox, and then. Uh, Let's see, re- retired after 79, but came back out of the Phillies broadcast booth in 80 to play six games around the end of the season. So he ended up playing in four decades. He's one of 29 players to have done that. Some of them are legitimate, and I think Tim is. I think they actually wanted a little little backup help down the stretch when you expand the rosters. Some of them are gimmicks, Satchel Page, Minnie Minoso, but he's one of 29 to do it. He had a, a career batting average of 271, uh, 97 homers, 945 RBIs. He was an all-star in 66 and 67. He won the World Series with the Cardinals in 64 and 67, and, and not on the roster for the Phillies in 80 when they won it. Uh, Hall of Fame, as they said, for the Ford Frick Award in 2012, and then the Hall of Fame for the Cardinals in 2017. He, uh, let's see, uh, he was the favorite catcher of both Bob Gibson and Steve Carlton, and that's how his career got extended as much as it did from, uh, you know, uh, uh, Steve Carlton wanting him to catch, so he played every third or fourth game there for a while. And then, uh, so he's with the Phillies in their broadcast booth from 80 to 82, then the Mets from 83 through 98, Yankees 99 to 01. I didn't even know. The Yankees had a cast of thousands, so I didn't know he was there. <laughs> San Francisco, actually, a little bit in 2002, uh, worked at all four networks, as was said, World Series in 85 for ABC. And then uh, replaced, when he did that, when he replaced Howard Cosell, he had, he had written, I never played the game, and it was very uh, downing of baseball, so they got rid of him for the World Series. Uh, he did some uh, Cardinals TV in uh, 30 games in 2014, 40, and 15, and uh, did a, a smattering of games for 2019 when he did retire. Just to run on his World Series, he's done 24 World Series. So, um, okay, he, the World Series in 85, 87 and 89 and 95 at ABC with Al Michaels and Jim Palmer. Then CBS with Jack Buck in 90 and 91 and Sean McDonough in 92-93. Fox with uh, Joe Buck and uh, Bob Brindley, 96, 98, and 2000. Then just Joe and Tim for 01 through 13. Uh, so 24 altogether, and he did every did a, a, at least one, and he beat Kurt Gowdy's record at the time, which was 13. And of course, Joe probably has the record uh, second now place, obviously, and yeah. uh, also and and uh, did uh, 20 All Star games, and he also did uh, LCS from 1984 through 2013, whichever one uh, you know they were, he was assigned to. So there you go. That's what we have on Tim McCarver. Yeah. So, all right, but uh, no, that's that's somebody who uh, everybody's going to remember because he was really good. Okay, the NFL. Mahomes is the most playoff wins in his first uh, six years as a starter. He's got eleven, and Brady uh, ten. Uh, Flacco had nine, amazingly. Uh, uh, Will, uh, Russell Wilson and Roethlisberger with eight. And then we have uh, Mahomes, the first player to win multiple MVPs and Super Bowls in his first six seasons. And then, uh, and then uh, okay, uh, it's time, I guess, because we have other Mahomes and Brady comparisons and other things going on, but it's time for the Derek Carr Report. Robert? 
Oh, <laughs> uh, well, he met with the New York Jets, and uh, he left without a contract. So, uh, in my opinion, that was a good thing. I thought it was a mistake for him to go there. I don't know why his agent suggested that he go there. Uh, Derek Carr does not do well in cold climates. New York would not be the place for him to be. I don't know where he's going to wind up next. But he, he uh, met with the Jets this weekend, and they allowed him to leave the building. Like Perry said the other night, Al Davis, if he wanted you, once you got there, you didn't leave until you signed a contract. But they invited him there on a warm weekend, so that might yeah. help. Now, so, now one thing, a- uh, his brother David today was quoted as saying that Derek's free agency will be long. Yeah. I don't know how he could be long, though, because I would think these teams are going to want to get their quarterbacks figured out pretty quick. Yeah, and, Rick. and right now he's got an advantage over all the other quarterbacks that are free agents. He was released, so he can talk to teams. That's the correct. Other ones, the other ones yeah. cannot start talking until... Uh, March 15th, or when they do that tampering thing, whenever that starts. Go ahead, Rick. Rick. Well, uh, his brother also said that he's pretty much narrowed it down to either the Jets, New Orleans, or Carolina. And I think the reason they're saying it's going to be, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I think, I don't think anything can happen to these quarterbacks until we get a better idea about Aaron Rodgers when he comes out of his black box there and decides he's going to retire or it's going to be at least six more weeks of obnoxiousness. The problem that you have with Aaron Rodgers is if you, if you get Aaron Rodgers, it's going to be about him. You know, oh, yeah. you just need to understand that, that it's going to be about him. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So Eric Bieniemy will be uh, the assistant uh, head coach and offensive coordinator with Washington, and he'll be uh, calling his own plays. You know now, or the plays for the team. Yeah. Okay. So uh, David came up. David USF, who we heard earlier, came up with some uh, interesting statistics. Now I think that you can chalk a lot of this up to to um, the change in the game, just because it's a lot of these. They're all obviously obviously they're quarterbacks. So they're offensive statistics. Brady versus Mahomes. Uh, after five years as starters, uh, Super Bowl wins, Brady three, Mahomes two, Super MVPs two each. Uh, regular season, Brady was, uh, in, in, okay, uh, zero for MVPs and Mahomes two. Pro Bowls, uh, Brady three, Mahomes five. First team all pro, Brady zero, Mahomes two. And there you go. That's Manning being there, you know. Yeah. Uh, passing yards. Brady had 18,929, Mahomes 23,957. Uh, touchdowns, Brady 123, Mahomes 192. Interceptions, Brady 66, Mahomes 48. And the thing is, I think that what you have to, what I would say, and I'm not sticking up for Brady in particular, but the game has changed, and a lot of, like, I will say that the 0304 Patriots won that Super Bowl on defense. Not that they didn't have a good offense, and they did have some good players, but they basically won that Super Bowl on defense. They had one of the better, you know, they don't talk about it with the Ravens and the Bears and some of the Giants defenses of the late 80s, but it was a very good defense. And I think you can't win it that way right now, or nobody has in quite a long time. So I think that that, you know, is is something that needs to be taken into account that Brady didn't need to be a spectacular. You know, it wasn't 40 to 35 every day, you know? Yeah, and it's just the, the passing game is so much different now, and a lot of that began with the Patriots when Ty Law and their other players were bumping receivers all over the field and they changed the rules. Yeah, right. Well, any other NFL things before we get to Rick's rankings for this year? No. All right. Yeah. So to, to explain. Combine starts, uh, uh, combine starts next week. 
the tw- yeah next week is combine. That's the okay. Other, yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Yeah. And they, you know, and on farms they run them all year round, but with the NFL <laughs> they do for a week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, now the the way it works, I explained very briefly earlier. So you get three wins, three points for a winning the Super Bowl, one point for get, getting to the Super Bowl, aka Buffalo Bills, zero for four in Super Bowls, four <laughs> points because they got to four of them. The Vikings, same thing. But here we go. This is starting from 1967 on, and this is cumulative uh, what what we've had in those 57 years. So we have. Um, Rick's rankings, okay, Patriots 23, Pittsburgh 20, number three is Dallas in 18, and that's pretty incredible when you consider they haven't gotten a point in this thing since the 95-96 season, they're still third. San Francisco 17, Denver 14, Giants 13, Green Bay 13, Las Vegas 11, Washington 11, Kansas City now up to 11. They just got their three points for winning the Super Bowl. They'll be moving up. I think they'll head towards the top. The Rams, nine. Miami, nine. Again, Miami's got nothing since 1985. Indianapolis, eight. Baltimore, six. They're 2-0 in Super Bowls. That's why they're six. Tampa Bay, six. Same deal. They've been in twice, won twice. Philadelphia, six now. Seattle, five. Buffalo, four. Chicago, four. They won one, and then they lost one, but they got four points. Minnesota, four. Cincinnati, three. They haven't won yet, but they've been in there three times. New Orleans, three. They won theirs. That's the only time they were there. The Jets, three. Same with them. Uh, Jets and New Orleans. That's why Carr is considering those teams. He likes teams that go and win. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta, two. Just being there twice and lost. Carolina, two. Same deal. Tennessee, one loss at the Super Bowl. Chargers, same thing. One. Arizona, one. Same deal. The ones who have never been, Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, and Jacksonville. So there you go. That's Rick's rankings for another did year. You, did you mention uh, the Jets at one point? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. I'm for uh, three. I'm, uh, yeah, I did. Because I said the Jets in New Orleans. Oh, and that's three points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just sure. talking yeah. about going, going to these yeah. teams. He likes the teams that go and yeah. win once, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So that, that's it for uh, for Rick's rankings. Okay, any more uh any more well, NFL? Uh, he would be better off in Carolina or New Orleans. If he goes to the Jets, that's a major mistake. Yeah, not the I NFL, wanted, but the. the yeah. Did anybody watch any the of the XFL? A little no. bit of it. A little I bit did. of it, off and on. Yeah. I found it kind I of interesting. Crowd. Yeah. Yeah. And one one thing that the XFL, one thing, the Rock was smart. He signed a deal with the NFL where they can test out rules that they may be thinking about with the XFL. They've kind of done an unofficial, you know, agreements testing out rules and officials and other things you know, that the NFL may be looking at. But, yeah, the, the crowds were good, about 20,000, 25,000 in almost every game. So, yeah. That's good. Yeah, they had that, they had that rule where they, where they can go for the fourth and 15 instead of the onside kick. Oh, I like and that. And the NFL's been, yeah. NFL's been looking at that for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that, too. And yeah. Josh Gordon is playing on one of the teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh, you mean the, the uh, yeah, the running back who just got cut? No, no. Uh, no, no. The, the receiver that's had all the suspensions oh, for oh, marijuana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was here in yeah. Cleveland and everywhere. Okay. Yeah. I forgot who he was. Boy, yeah. Okay. So any, any more NFL or in pro football? No. Nope. Nope. All right. So we go to college, and we have a couple of college stories, and then we'll do the top 25. 
The charges against uh, Chris Beard have been dropped in Texas, uh, so that's not going to happen. And now he'll be able to see if he can rebuild his career, uh, you know, down the road with maybe taking a smaller job and then moving up the ladder in a few years. He well, if he, he's clean. rumored to be he's rumored to be involved with Ole Miss. That's not a smaller job. That's, that's not a, small. That's a, no, you know, no, no. I thought he might no. start with the MAC or something like that. The New Mexico State coach has been co- fired. For the uh, hazing incidents, uh, that Greg uh, Hire is his name. Greg Hire was unhired and fired. Yeah, um, yeah. Alabama lost to Tennessee last week. So eight times this year, teams that were number one lost just after they had become number one, and it ties the ninety-two, ninety-three season record for that. And of course, it will probably happen again at some point before we're done. Yeah. The NIT, the championships, and I don't remember us talking about this last August. David brought it up. This year, they're going to be in Las Vegas, and next year, it's going to be in the, I don't know why, but it's going to be in the Hinkle Fieldhouse at, at uh, Butler. I don't know why there, but, you know, that, that's that's a little different from Butler to Las Vegas to Butler. That's a little know, bit of a different that. from Madison Square Garden. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know what the, you know, I, I to me, I don't know. I, that's a bummer. I mean, I, I just think it should be Madison Square Garden. That was the mecca of it. And, you know, I, I think that's cool. But I don't know what, what the reasoning is. I'm obviously, money of some sort. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. By, by the way, t- though, Chris, okay. uh, with mm-hmm. uh, Greg Heyer, his three coaches that he worked under, um, this may tell you something about him. Larry Eustachie, <laughs> Greg Marshall, and Will Wade. Okay, so that might tell you something. So they they all, uh, they all had one, they all had one various problem or another. I see. That's what we I know that La- well. Larry Eustachie, we know that he liked to you know convert with co-eds. Mm-hmm. Greg Marshall was fired, of course, at Wichita State for, um, for abuse of players, and Will Wade, we know he was involved with all the shenanigans with the. FBI and things like that at LSU. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, like, uh, the, Apple does not fall far from the tree. Okay. That would be correct. Top 25. Houston is back at number one. So that ought to take care of them this week. They'll probably lose to somebody. Third, uh, third time this season. Number yeah, one. that's right. Uh, okay. They're number one. <coughs> Excuse me. Alabama's number two. Uh, three is Kansas. Four is UCLA. Five, uh, Purdue. Uh, and, you know, that's despite a couple of losses, but it takes a little bit to get out of the top 10, 25 once you get up there, too. Hard to get in, hard, not, not easy to, to fall out. Number six, Virginia. Seven, Arizona. Eight, Texas. Nine, Baylor. Ten, Marquette. Eleven, Tennessee. Twelve is Gonzaga. Thirteen, Miami. University of Miami. Fourteen, Kansas State. Fifteen is St. Mary's of California. 16, Xavier. Here's the Big East run. Xavier at 16. Indiana in there at 17. Creighton at 18. Providence at 19. And UConn at 20. They're going to play each other tonight. 21 is Northwestern. 22, San Diego State. 23, Iowa State. And a tie for 24th, so 24-25, Texas A&M and TCU. So I think you said the Big 12 had six. Big 12 has six. Big East has five. The Big Ten has three, that and the uh, let me see, and the SEC has three, uh, and let me, yeah, SEC has three, and, and the West Coast the, has two. West Coast, AC, West Coast, ACC, ACC, and the Pac-12 both have two, and then you have one from the AAC and one from uh, the Mountain West. 
So what and I of course, did, and of I, course, the top twenty-five. Remember, remember, folks. This is for really discussion purposes only. This has no impact on NCAA right. or anything. They don't. They don't now, even the, look at that poll. That the poll is for discussion purposes only because nobody, example, nobody really cares. They are. They are. This. They started this last weekend. I did not get the list, but you know how they do that with the with ESPN and football. Of course, they last week was the first week of where they announced the top sixteen seeds. And and yeah, the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve had five teams in the top sixteen on Saturday. So I will say that that was uh, the uh, the thing too. I went through the ACC just because uh, I was I like to do the ACC standings from time to time, and I think right now you'd have five teams getting in, and uh, the, the two in the top ten, you know, Virginia and uh, top twenty five, Virginia and Miami. I think you'd probably see NC State and Pitt. Oh yeah, and um, let's see who was the other one. I said Duke. I think Duke's still. Yeah, maybe in. Duke. Yeah, yeah, yeah Duke's and that's, Then you got some NITs. I think the next group would Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and stuff. And then uh, if BC is really cool, they're 15, thirteen and fifteen. What do you have to be to get in the NIT? Five hundred or better? Um, <laughs> right. Re- really, really, you have to be a lot better than that because, in all honesty, uh, these bubble teams that don't get into the NCAA, they're going to go. Yeah to the NIT and if you and, remember and if you're a mid-major if you win your conference and you don't yeah. win your tournament and get in you get an automatic right. bid to the NIT yep. so it but the BC NIT is 13 and 15 so they, they might sneak Prob- up to 500 I would you know, bet probably, probably you know. I would bet probably not yeah okay all right any more college stuff well, Pete Campbell, Pete Campbell came out with something, an article with ESPN, talking about the Pac-12 and all their woes. And basically, you know, everything going on, Pac-12, six of the schools, as you know, voted down this TV deal with ESPN and Amazon. So apparently, one of the things they're trying to do to save the Pac-12, they reached out to SMU. <laughs> there you go. They went for SMU. Okay. What happened to but, the ban about religious schools? They're not into that. Yeah, anymore. that that kind of yeah. No, I guess not anymore. They're desperate now. Yeah. Hey, SMU has money. We all know. But there you go. but no. But you know, there's four of the schools waiting to jump to the Big Twelve, and two waiting to go to the Big Ten, and all that. And so it's Pac-12 is a mess. But anyway, that's all I'm going to say. That's true. Right, yeah. Okay. So the NHL, and uh, we've got in the uh, so running down these divisions, and then we'll talk about the wild cards. We'll do the Atlantic, Metro, then the Eastern wild card, and then the Central and Pacific and the Western wild card. So Atlantic, we have the Bruins at ninety-one, and that is the first time uh, the least number of games. I've got the figure later when we get there, but the, the least number of games they're tied with the Philadelphia Flyers of nineteen eighty, who didn't win the Stanley Cup, with the quickest to ninety uh, over ninety points. Ninety-one for the Bruins, Toronto seventy. 76, Tampa Bay 73. Those three teams are going to get in, you know, because you remember your top three in each division get in. Florida 64, Buffalo 60, uh, Detroit 60, Ottawa 58, Montreal's out of it with uh, 50. Hold, hold on just a second, Jamal. We'll get to you as soon as we get through this. I know. We got uh, hockey, Jamal. Metropolitan, we got, and he's a Blackhawk fan, but not much this year. They're terrible. Well, see, for hockey, terrible. for me, the season is over. The Blues have waved the white flag. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Metropolitan, Carolina with 82, Jersey with 79, Rangers with 75, and then they, those three are definitely going to get in. Islanders, 65, Pittsburgh, 63, Washington, 62, Philadelphia, 
56, Columbus out of it at 41. So the wild card right now, we told you the six that would, would definitely be going would be the Bruins, Toronto, and Tampa Bay, Carolina, the New Jersey, and the Rangers. So what would the wild card? So we leading wild card this minute is the Islanders at 65. The second wild card that would also get is Florida at 64. Now, Florida, they were talking about in the Bruins game, they have an interesting schedule. They have they are, have played more games than anybody else, but their next 10 games, they're all in Florida, nine at home and one in Tampa Bay. So this is their big time to shine, you know, if they're going to do anything. But they've played more games than everybody else, and that's a disadvantage right now. You like to have games in hand. So right now it would be the Islanders in Florida, then Pittsburgh next at 63, Washington 62, Buffalo and Detroit at 60, Ottawa 58, Philadelphia just, you know, they're down. A lot of teams to pass. Ottawa apparently has been playing a lot better since December and gotten themselves in the race, but there's a lot of teams in front of them, so it, it, it gets difficult. Uh, in the uh, Central, why don't we finish the standings and then we'll talk to Jamal. Central Division, Dallas was, Dallas was 72, Winnipeg 71, Colorado 67, Minnesota 65. So you see these teams aren't in by virtue of the division because Minnesota's right behind there. Nashville 50 uh, drops off 58, St. Louis 55, Arizona uh, 49, Blackhawks are 41. In the Pacific, Las Vegas 72, the Kings 71, Seattle 70. Then Edmonton, 68. So, again, it's not settled as who's going to be in the division there. Uh, Calgary, 61. Vancouver is done as is San Jose, as is Anaheim. Now, on the wild card, so we said that the six that would be in at this moment would be Dallas, Winnipeg, and Colorado. And then we would have Vegas, um, L.A., and Seattle. The wild card, the leader, would be Edmonton at 68, Minnesota at 65. Those would get in. But right behind them, Calgary at 63, Nashville kind of back a bit at 58, and St. Louis 55. So the West is a little bit more uh, sedate as far as fighting for those playoff spots. It looks like Nashville and St. Louis have to watch out. They're just about done, and St. Louis kind of thinks they are. So anyway, if we want to talk to Jamal, we could do that. Let's do talk to you, Jamal. Go ahead. But you got to unmute first. All right, Jamal. Okay, there we go. I am there we go. Go ahead, yes. Jamal. Anyway, a couple things here. College basketball. Mm-hmm. I am uh, very excited about these teams coming on the pipe. Northwestern seems getting better by the hour, it seems like, in the Big Ten. Yep. Illinois seems to be holding their own. Hopefully, Illinois beats Northwestern and can also win their way to the tournament and actually make both those teams could make a fairly deep run in the tournament. And in the SEC, Texas A&M, he's playing well. I remember on one assist was talking to a friend of mine about Texas A&M a few weeks ago. And ever since we were talking about him, they've been catching fire. So, you know. Well, you probably gave him the kiss of death talking to him. Uh, with the, now you put it on national, worldwide radio. This is a worldwide <laughs> legend, Jamal. Probably killed it. Right. And also about the NFL draft, I've been hearing all sorts of reports and rumors but I hope the I hope the Bears are not dumb enough to trade Justin Fields. Keep Justin. Field. I think I'll be dumb. It, it would be. It would be. But Jamal, I've heard those same rumors. Yeah, they're talking about it. And they and why would why would anybody be stupid enough to trade the established quarterback who's on the come for to a right to draft a five foot ten midget quarterback like Bryce Young? I and mean, Kyler, take a look at Kyler Murray. You know, yeah, that's. Potentially Bryce Young. You could dra- you could draft C.J. Stroud. I mean, you know, no. The Bears need to, if they want to trade the pick, stick somebody up, 
took all the draft capital of whoever wants to trade for that number one pick they can and uh, build a team, start building a team around this man, which is yeah. really, really what it should have done last year. Yep. Okay. That's good job, Jamal. Okay. All right. So the uh, there was a trade in the NHL. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly and uh, Noah Chari went from uh, a former Bruin went from St. Louis to Toronto. Toronto gave St. Louis uh, one, two, and three in twenty three, twenty four, and twenty five. I don't know if that's the order that they get them or how yes, that, that works. Yes, okay, twenty three, a one, twenty four, two, twenty five, a three. Then Toronto sent St. Louis uh, two minor leaguers, and Toronto sent a five to Minnesota for the rights to one of their uh, players. And then Minnesota will uh, pick up 25% of O'Reilly's salary. So he's being paid by three teams, and uh, but he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, Toronto, Minnesota, and St. Louis. So, yes. um, And Chari also will be a free agent. Yes. And, uh, so, yeah, the Bruins, 43, 8, and 5, 91 points, as I said, and that's this in 52 games. And that ties. 1980 non non cup winning team for the uh, fewest uh, games to nine uh, uh, games to play to 90 uh, 90 points or more. So there's 56 no. games, isn't it? 56. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah 56. Yeah. I read it wrong. Yep. Okay. So that is the NHL. Any more, uh, Robert? Uh, keep one thing in mind: the trade deadline is uh, March the third, and uh, there's. Also, yeah, really, just, just just quickly, I wanted to ask you, Robert, because you follow these teams better than I do. What is, you know, we, we keep talking about the Bruins, they're doing this, and we've talked about that a lot. What is New Jersey doing to be so much better than they were last year? Uh, it's it's simple. A lot of their younger players have developed faster than what everybody thought, and uh, they have a very good coach that knows how to use them. And the Devils, uh, the Rangers have already made their big move. Uh, Toronto, of course, has now made their big move. Uh, you know, all the NHL experts are now waiting to see, okay, New Jersey, you're up next. What are you going to do? Boston, what are you going to do? You know, uh, they're, because, uh, and the Islanders have made their move. Right. Uh, so they're, they're waiting to see what other teams in the East especially are going to do to keep up with uh, teams, you know, making these trades. All right. So, what were you going to say, Rick? Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I heard this afternoon that the Bruins may actually have a trade kind of settled with Columbus for, and I, I can't remember the name. It's a defenseman with a Russian name. Um, but yeah, the, 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 you know his name? Something like that? Yeah. yeah like I that. read about that yesterday, and it yeah. looks like that's about to be completed. Yeah, I guess the problem right now is, is uh, salary cap problems yeah. i got to fix. But, yeah. And they're going to try to get rid of Craig Smith uh, for that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So, and, you know, with a thing like that, they can give him to anybody and get a, do a draft choice. So, like, it'll be a three-way deal, I guess. Right. So, okay. Any more NHL? Nope. nope. Okay. Quickly, we got the NBA. Joe Mazzulla was now the permanent coach of the Celtics, and that's out, is the 19th in their history. And uh, that's amazing when you consider the Red Sox average about two years per manager, and the Celtics are up to four. And of course, a lot of that has to do with Red Auerbach and Doc Rivers, and well, Brad Stevens too. I mean, they had long tenures. But uh, anyway, so Giannis beat LeBron in the NBA All-Star Game 184 to 175, and Jason Tatum is the All-Star record with 55 points, won the Kobe Bryant Award, which is the MVP, and of course that's very important to him because he was, used to work out with Kobe and stuff and when he was young. And then he broke the ref record of Anthony Davis, who had it for 52 points. 
before Sunday. And uh, so that was, uh, you know, that was good for him. Uh, uh, Jalen Brown played in the All-Star game. At least he didn't get hurt again. But I don't know, you know, I, I was amazed because I just assumed he was not going to play because he had a facial fracture. I knew they were fitting him for a mask, and I guess he was ready, and he did. He led the, uh, the LeBron team in scoring. So, you know, whatever. And then in that defensive struggle, and Alonzo Ball is now going to be shut down by Chicago for the rest of the season as the ball injury cavalcade continues each year. It seems like one of them is hurt. And that, well, that's one of the reasons why the Bulls went out on the buyout market and got Pab, uh, Patrick Beverly so, uh, to take his place. Yes, that's so, right. We have a couple of moves. So Patrick Beverly went to the buyout for the Bulls. And what was the other one? Uh, I think Eric, uh, uh, Russell yeah. Westbrook to the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Russell Westbrook to the Clippers. Yeah. Okay. And let's see. That's all I and have remember, to remember. One thing to keep in mind: there, the uh, you have to be on the NBA roster by March first to be eligible for the playoffs. That's right. Yeah. So that's and, coming up soon. Uh, and real quickly on some odds and ends, Red McCombs, of course, he owned the Vikings, the Spurs, and the Nuggets at various times. He was the man that brought the Spurs to San Antonio, and he was also the money man behind Clear Channel Communications. And he owned the Spurs twice. Actually, he was part owner when they moved him from Dallas, and he, he was bought out by Angelo Jorosos, and then he sold the Nuggets, bought the Spurs to keep him in San Antonio when a group from Cincinnati almost, he passed away at 95. He was a car dealer in San Antonio. He He's also the man that was responsible for bringing Formula One to the United States, got track built up here in Austin and did a lot of other stuff. But, yeah, he was also the founder of Clear Channel. Or the money, Like I said, he had the money for Lowry Mays to get Clear Channel going. So anyway, that's Okay, that's so we'll probably be talking a little about him on uh, Thursday night on All Things Radio. Maybe, yeah. And, Maybe. Well, okay, well, Sean, why don't you wrap there it up? There you go, Sean. All right, folks. Well, if you want to listen or if you're coming in to listen to Book Talk and you want to know what this craziness is, of course, you can download this podcast uh, uh, at legendoldies.com or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. Uh, also, uh, you can tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts, and you can leave us comments throughout the week, 800-693-0595, option two or sports lounge at allthingsradio.net. We're going to come back next week, but stay tuned for Book Talk. Come on in with the Zoom number, same number for them, 646-876-9923, and then do, do 287-723-4600. Hit the pound key twice if you're on the computer. Don't do it at all if you're on the app or uh, pound key twice on the phone. Don't do it at all on the app of the computer or dial 317-886-1103. But we'll be back next week with more news and we will see you later.